there's a certain way I have ideas in my head and I want to execute them. And I always want it to be as amazing as possible or, you know, value-driven as possible. Where anyone comes in contact with the work, they always live better than they came. So Mm -hmm. one of the many goals... I have is just how how best can I do this thing when I when I see myself I see myself as someone who is driving that charge and just trying to to be a, a pioneer in in this field and it's funny because I, I read somewhere that many people always tie their selves to their work yes for me I'm grateful that I was I started to like learn these things from the beginning you know personal brands corporate brands mm-hmm. so I kind of studied personal branding. Mm-hmm. And understood early on that in order to have a personal brand, you have to show up. And that kind of just helped me shape almost every encounter I've had so far. Welcome back to your favorite podcast of all time, Sakina Speaks. My name is Sakina Ishavani and I'm your host, doing the absolute most on this platform where we come to have conversations with everyday Africans doing extraordinary things about the issues that plague our continent. Today, I have just that. I'll be speaking to an African tech YouTuber, entrepreneur, graphics designer, and economist, to say the least, whose channel is dedicated to educating the masses about the latest and greatest tech from gadgets, services, software, and resources that they could leverage to improve their lives and drastically increase their productivity, enhance their creativity, and maximize their time and efforts. In addition to this, he also educates his followers and fellow countrymen and women on how to be money-wise and make the most of every coin, dollar, and cobble to set one up for a healthier financial future. The host of Finance Friday is who I'll be speaking to today, and if you still don't know who that is, let me tell you a little bit more about him. He's a multi-award winning and nominated creative and professional who also sits down with unique individuals to learn some tips and tricks on how to unleash your full potential on his show called The Leaderboard. So if you still haven't cracked it, well, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, this is Pasayo Poshido. Welcome. Wow. <laughs> I, I was like, I thought you were describing someone else for a moment. <laughs> no, it's you. Thank it's you definitely you. Thank you for coming right. on. It's really a privilege. Like I was just anticipating this moment for quite a long time because you have done a lot of notable things. And I know that you say that you are not successful as yet in inverted commas, not downplaying what you've achieved or how far you've come, but you know, there's still more that you want to get to. And we're going to get into why that is or what exactly that idea of your success is later in the episode. But otherwise, again, a very warm welcome. Thank you for taking the time out to speak to me today and to share with us. It's really a great privilege. Thank you so much. I look forward to it. Awesome. So let's go right from the beginning where it all started to little Fasayo. What is the fondest memory that you have of yourself growing up? You know, I always like painting a sort of realistic picture, you know, a backdrop featuring the background and the childhood of the person that I'm speaking to so that listeners can connect with you on a very like real deeper level. So what is that memory that you can share with us? Okay, so there's there's really only one that comes to mind right now. Mm -hmm. And I remember it for many reasons because... I was very, very present in that moment. I don't remember how old I was, but I was very, very young. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a restaurant called Mr. Biggs 
he was in his prime at that time. And my parents took me there, my siblings, and we had meat pie and there was a water fountain. I yeah. had this juice pack of Ribena and everything just felt so, I felt very happy and very mm-hmm. content. And it was, it, just, it was just a moment that I keep remembering for, for many reasons. We were not the most wealthy bunch, but yeah. we were so contented with, with what we had. And, yes. you know, I'm very grateful for my parents because they are people that, you know, they were always there for me. Whatever career I chose, whatever thing I wanted to do, they were mm-hmm. always present for me. So, yeah, I think that moment, looking back now, I I know back then they were they were really kind of not necessarily struggling, but they were going through it. <laughs> but yeah, they made us feel so happy, like everything was okay. That's such a beautiful memory. It's such a great way to start. But now I want to know what you think of yourself. Because I think it's very important to know what a man thinks of himself. Because that's ultimately what makes him, you know, a man or a woman. So when you look in the mirror, who do you see? And why is that? I think when I look in the mirror, I see someone who is resilient. Mm-hmm. I see somebody that is, I think, a bit of a perfectionist sometimes. Because there's a, there's a certain way I have ideas in my head and I want to execute them. Mm-hmm. And I always want it to be as amazing as possible or, you know, value-driven as possible. Where yeah. anyone comes in contact with the work, they always live better than they came. So mm-hmm. one of the many goals I have, you know, is just how how best can I do this thing? When I, when I see myself, I see myself as someone who is driving that charge and just trying to, to be a, a pioneer in, in this field. And it's funny because I, I read somewhere that many people always tie their selves to their work. Yes. Uh, for me, I'm grateful that I was I started to like learn these things from the beginning. You know, personal brands, corporate brands, mm-hmm. the differences between them. So I kind of studied personal branding mm-hmm. and understood early on that in order to have a personal brand, you have to show up. And that kind of just helped me shape almost every encounter I've had so far. I can attest to that just in your videos, the resilience and the perfectionist parts. The resilience, obviously, in most of your videos, you're always speaking about how you work till really late to get things done. And we understand that we need to get things done, but you're just always working. And and that's why I want to actually know, like, what do you do in your spare time? Do you even have spare time? Because you, you kind of have a vision of what you want to achieve, where you want to go, what you want to do. I mean, do you even need spare time in the sense of okay I want to take a break from this because it seems like you love what you're doing and you're really invested in it and it's it's a part of you I think everybody should have spare time I I definitely have spare times um I think in my spare time I really enjoy watching documentaries very very well very well shot documentaries I can almost say exactly which which angles how the angles were done Mm -hmm. how the shots were done where the audio was if I can just decipher the style of the shots in a documentary, I think I'll be very happy. I, I really, really enjoy very well edited, very well done documentaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are many of them on Netflix. So if I'm not watching like a, what do you call this series where, I, I don't know, I don't know what it's called, like policemen chasing Prime bad guys. drama, sort of. <laughs> exactly. Yes, yes. If I'm not watching that genre, I'm watching documentaries. I'm fascinated. Yeah, because I've actually done some documentaries myself. Like, I want to have a collection of documentaries at some point. And also, the Finance Friday series kind of morphed into doing very high-quality videos that are mm-hmm. well-researched, peer-reviewed, where I show it to, like, other experts. 
in the finance industry in Nigeria and they mm-hmm. give me like advice like you know this is correct don't say this this way because you know there's a certain way you say things in Nigeria that you can receive the insult of your life <laughs> but yeah like I, I, w- I would have to like peer review them and make sure that the videos I'm putting out are you know very well done so I feel like I get inspiration from documentaries too that's deep is there besides like crime drama is there another genre that you particularly interested in when it comes mm-hmm. to the documentaries so oh documentaries i'm interested in all kinds of documentaries i think in terms of the crime dramas now i'm i'm more like those are fictional so mm-hmm, i just mm-hmm. enjoy them because of the twists and and you know plot twists and turns and everything no awesome what are some of the weaknesses that you've had to overcome on this journey to get to where you are now we spoke about your perfectionism and coming from a fellow perfectionist i know that that can sometimes be a weakness so if you can share a little bit about that yeah there, there were mainly two mm-hmm. throughout my my career and life in school i think the first one was i wasn't as fascinated by books as i am now back then i, I wasn't very interested in reading a lot mm-hmm. and something not necessarily consequential but it was there was no correlation but it happened to me and I had to take my book seriously it was I had a carryover so there was a three unit course computer science for all of all courses yeah I feel <laughs> computer science I had the highest score in the test the way they the way they mark the scripts the exam you score 70 the test you score 30 everything is over 100 mm-hmm. and the test I I had I think I had like 30 over 30 or so but in the exams, I had zero because my scripts went missing. Oh, my word. So I had 30 over 100. means I failed the course and I have to take it the next year. We went to the lecturer. We tried to plead our case, but they sent... I wasn't the only one. They sent all of us away. And they said we should never come back to their department. So that's how I failed that course. And it really pained me because I had the lowest score ever. Mm-hmm. And it brought my entire CGPA down. I think I would have beat myself up, but I just said, you know what, this is never going to happen to me again. And I'm going to try my best to get as much as I possibly can. So I think the next semester I had like a 4.9 out of 5. Wow. And then the scores just kept maintaining that stable course. But because of that one carryover, I had, I think I graduated with a 4.0 out of 5. So it kind of dropped a lot of things down. But during that time, my dad also took me to the library because my dad is also a lecturer. Yeah, it took me to the library, and you know, I said I just started reading a lot there. Um, we also went on strike, so that period I was reading a lot, and my uncle also is someone who loves books a lot. So everything kind of everything around me kind of tilted towards loving books more, and I think that kind of changed my perspective on life and made me. I I would say it made me better off. I felt like I was getting better at doing things, experiencing mm-hmm. things, not just regular academic books now like self-help books as well books by people who have done things when you read books by experienced people you are kind of standing on their shoulders or standing on the shoulders of giants who have yeah they've walked that path and now you when you get into a similar situation you know what to do so like there's this book called never split the difference by chris boss Mm-hmm. It's about negotiation. The, the guy is, is, a, is a hostage negoti- negotiator for the FBI. And there are some negoti- negotiating lessons that you can learn from that book that as it translates to the FBI and finance or, or business. So I've worked into negotiation rooms. I've employed some of those tactics and it worked. So 
I think there's just a lot of things that books can teach you. And I, I hate that saying that to hide something from a black man, you put it in a book. I really hate it so much. Whoa. And I just I just wish that a lot of people can love books more. The second weakness was like I wasn't managing my finances well at some point. And yeah. Um That's a lot of us. I think I had around hundred thousand subscribers at the time. And I I I didn't have anything to show for it. So it was it was a case of I think COVID struck around that period. And in my head, I'm like, what if I don't get any new work? What if what if people stop watching my videos? What if, you know, what if things happen and yeah. I'm not able to work and I don't have anything saved? So I, I started reading a lot of books again on, on the topic of like finance, personal finance. I took courses even. And the funny thing is my dad was always forcing me like Fisayo, you have to write everything you're spending money on I, I always shown this i used to shun his advice before yeah but I, I, now that i'm older i see the importance and he was totally right i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> he was totally right i was writing all my experiences and when i started putting this into you know practice i started seeing a lot of leakages like where money was going i was like wow i was spending a lot on data that mm-hmm. i could have spent single fee and gotten the same results i was spending small amounts thinking oh i'm just spending this small amount when you spend small amounts in bulk it becomes a huge thing so i, I changed gears i started doing looking at larger time frames so spending monthly mm-hmm. doing everything you want to do one month ahead so all those things kind of helped so i was able to save i think 70 percent of all the income i made throughout that year wow and that was kind of what formed the finance friday series I was able to save. That was the first time I ever saved, like my first 10 million naira. And once it, I remember very well, the fixed deposit was supposed to mature on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. It was my it was my cousin's wedding. I was so excited. People were just looking at me like, "Well, why are you excited? Why are you smiling? Why are you happy?" <laughs> little did they know that you know I'd achieved my goal of saving that much. And I think when the um, fixed deposit was matured on Christmas Day, I just planned to take a trip to Dubai. I bought a lot of camera gear. I upgraded the the studio, the camera gear, and everything. So yeah, I think it was it was for the better. And and that just it's something in me just woke up and said I have to explain how I went through this. So I made a video about it, about the journey. Yeah. And that of how the finance friday series was born i didn't have a name for it i just made the video and people wanted more so i I made more videos then my economics background kind of more of that credibility there where i was able to explain the economy better and i have a background in graphic design i have a background in video production everything combined formed the finance friday series and it became it quickly became like 50 percent of the channel's interest wow and like how do you how do you achieve all of this i know that you have a team an amazing team how many are you? Because the, the work that is put into it, because when I see you, I basically see like, I don't want to put it like this because everyone's their own person and everyone stands in their own rights and everyone's going to go down in history for what they've done, you know, and, and that's going to be what counts for them. But to put it in layman's terms, you're basically like the African Mr. Who's the Boss. So I'm just thinking <laughs> of, <laughs> I'm just thinking of like, every time I see you post, them, I'm just like, how much, like how long, because of course I had to watch a couple of your videos and I've been, it's, it's become my favorite thing to do it's just like when i'm eating a meal let me put on like a finance friday video or something like that so that i can learn because i also realized that just like you mentioned that we need to write down everything that we are spending in order to see like where is the money actually going i was realizing that 
with time as well a lot of my time is just leaking through the cracks because i'm like oh, i'll just be on instagram for like a few seconds and then it becomes 30 minutes and it becomes two hours and that's gone and i have to sleep and i have to wake up and nothing has been achieved so for me that was sort of my like check and balance and say okay when you do have a minute where you're cognizant of that free time use that to learn so as i was watching your videos and stuff you mentioned that some of your videos take like a month to produce some can take you know a couple of weeks to research and put together and stuff so i was just like quite fascinated but also like then how does it even work like how much do you shoot at a time and you're still busy you're still doing other things you own businesses you know like what does a typical day in your life look like okay so thank you very much for you know, letting Finance Friday be one of your favorite um, things to watch. I really appreciate it. It's a pleasure. I think right now we are, are about four people on the team. So we have a, a writer, two editors. Okay, actually, we, we are all editors, to be mm-hmm. honest. So, yeah, I tell you we're four now. And Stephanie, who, who you met as well. Uh, who yes. introduced, who um, called you, rather. So the reason why it takes that long to make videos is because I made a mistake at some point where I was rushing to make a video one time and I said the wrong specification of a phone that made people buy the phone. People bought the phone because of what I said. Mm -hmm. And it was not just one person. Like, I know that we've helped drive, we've made like over a thousand people buy something before. And that kind of, I don't know, I'll call it maybe influence, it kind of scares me because if I say the wrong thing and people act on it, it kind of falls back on me. So I always try to do my best to, research thoroughly and make sure that every single thing that that I said in the video is accurate to the best of my knowledge. And even if we do that, we can still find one mistake after we publish. Even one of the latest videos we made, we tried our best to make it as perfect as possible, but there was still one mistake there. So um, we can't can't really, you know, be 100% perfect, but Mm -hmm. if I can make the videos as objective as high quality as possible and delivers on all the questions that people have i think that i'll be very satisfied with the video so when when we interviewed the cbn deputy governor that took a month because we had to also do a lot of research mm-hmm. we had to read a lot of the cbn acts we had to read all the minimum requirements for people to become microfinance banks or people to become payment service banks um we had to do a lot of all this deep digging to find everything that would be relevant to anybody that is watching this video yeah uh, yeah I'm, I'm i'm very grateful because we have the time and a lot of companies are also willing to bet on us as well based on the quality of our videos and the work that we are doing so i think i'm very lucky to be honest mm-hmm. and i'm just very very grateful for for everything but yeah we will always spend that time to make sure that we get the best result possible so that's that's a full time so, job that yeah we we definitely appreciate yeah, you guys for it. And uh, yeah, I think typically the, the the day in the life is always like that. Like we're always trying to ideate, create new stuff, write down ideas, look at all the tasks, and see how best we can make the next content much better than the previous one. Mm-hmm. So in light of that, you know, when you started your channel, the very first video that you did was, or the very first video that you just posted, this was even before like this whole idea or the the whole concept was born, was a video of you interviewing a, an Uber driver. How did that start? Like, did you have a, a particular vision for the kind of channel that you wanted? And how did that sort of transition from that? Even though we technically have seen that it hasn't transitioned, you've brought that back through the leaderboard, for example. What was your idea of what you wanted to do with your channel? I, I actually 
saw that you said, I mean, you were not very consistent with it at the beginning, but you eventually, you oh. know, you decided to save up a considerable amount of money and buy the gear that you needed and, and everything. So yeah, like what was the idea for your channel? So Uber just came to Nigeria around that period. And again, I was always fascinated by tech. I was working for a, a logistics and tech firm mm-hmm. called Max, who I actually interviewed the CEOs later in my leaderboard series. How funny how life goes. Uh-huh. So um, I was working there and there was this event I was supposed to go to just to network and meet you know, interesting people. Yeah. So on my way to that event, I thought it would be nice to interview the Uber driver because Uber was still new and hot in the, in the land at that time. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to know, you know, I wanted to document that process and put it online at least so that people can see the experience of one driver Yeah. on the Uber platform. So that was that was that, what that was about. I was on my way to an event and I just interviewed the guy. I asked permission, can I record this? And then it was like, oh, fine. And then we put that out there. I, I did not think anything about that video. <laughs> I just I just thought that people would be interested to know how Uber was in, in Lagos at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, the next video, I think, was an Apple Watch review. That was when I took that investment and bought all the gear. The time between the Uber interview and then I was still a designer. I was a graphic yes. designer. I was, I was also freelancing online. I think I was earning a little bit of money every month. And thankfully, it was also dollars. So I was able to save up some dollars that I was going to use to buy gear. Yeah. In my head, I was you know what? This thing, I feel like I can do stuff in this area, but I'm not 100% sure. I'm afraid. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to, going to do it anyway. So I took everything I, I had saved and I just plunged everything into, into gear. And then when the gear came, it was seized by customs. No way. And they needed me to pay $1,000 extra. I had spent everything I owned. <laughs> so I had to take a salary advance. Mm-hmm. And the founders of the company, I'm so grateful for them. They kind of understood. And I also used some of the resources I had to help the company. I also made some videos. I learned video production on the job, made some videos for them as well. I was managing their social media. I was also a graphic designer. So that kind of, all those things, they kind of shaped what I do today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was how that went. And uh, I think the rest is history. <laughs> Indeed. And I'm glad that I'm like one of your first interviews or like one of your proper in-depth interviews. I get to be one of the first people to actually get a deep dive into what kind of person you are and like what drives you. Of course, we get a lot of that from your videos. They, besides, you know, the tech talk and the finance advice that you give or, you know, just the conversations that you bring to our screens, you're very much like a humble, respectful, very intelligent and perfectionistic guy, which we can see from that. So we appreciate that. (laughs) And in light of that now, what is your greater vision for Africa? What was your vision or maybe your aspiration for the African tech landscape? I always try and bring it back, bring it close to home, especially because your content focuses a lot on educating your Nigerian market. And I appreciate that a lot because you are the, the largest black population in Africa. So it's a great thing that you're doing for your countrymen. But a lot of us are benefiting from that as well outside of the country because we're becoming a lot more money-wise. So what is the vision in that? And what position would you like to see Africa play in the development and advancement of technology in the world? I've, I've spoken with a couple of people on this before. And everything seems to fall down to, to data. Mm-hmm. We don't have that quality when it comes to our data mm-hmm. yet. And I'm I'm seeing if a couple of companies do data analysis. 
aggregate data, explain data. Because the, the Finance Friday series, it was my own experience morphed to explain the economy and later on became heavily research-based. Yes. Where I had to now start explaining, you know, what this policy means. And I need a lot of data to explain that. So mm-hmm. I'm seeing a lot of people do this. And I, I hopefully I want to be heavily involved in something that does data analysis very well maybe i might even take a course on it or i might just delve deep into it but i see data as a very crucial asset mm-hmm. that we can build as a country as a country as a continent rather uh, well, maybe starting from nigeria at least in my own perspective i think if we can harness the power of data we can change a lot of things, significant progress. And that's just what I'm I'm betting on. I feel like if we can improve that aspect, it's just, it's just one aspect of many things too. But this one, I feel really, really is important for the future of Africa. That's true. I think something that we should learn and borrow from our, our Western friends is how important they, they find research to be. Just like you said, how I think it's something that is, it's not like outspoken or whatever, but just by the number of scholarships, for example, because I was just I was just like, why are they always so keen to give scholarships for like masters and uh, uh, doctoral degrees and stuff like that? Or, you know, postgraduate. Deg- I was just like, what is the aim? And I was like, figuring that it's because they're trying to get more and more people to do research and it's just going to be easier to leverage other people outside of your country that also want to do that in addition to the population that you already have in order to make strides you know when it comes to data collection analysis etc in a much shorter period of time so that's something that i think they have found the gold in which we are still lagging on we are like oh no results or let's do this this whereas the money is really in understanding the metrics understanding the market understanding you know the population and stuff like that so that's very cool that you are indirectly or directly building a reserve for this kind of data or just adding to what should already exist or what does exist yeah and and i hope to find a way to explain that data in very entertaining or very well animated stories on on the channel as well because there's just a way you can watch. Not not everybody's going to go to the National Bureau of Nigerian Bureau of Statistics and Thanks. start working <laughs> on the data. However, like many people, 150,000 people, for instance, will watch my video on the Naira redesign where I put fancy charts, explain what this big chart is versus this small chart. Mm-hmm. The proportion, the graphics, the size, the, and the animations, everything would put it into perspective for the layman in simple language that they can understand and make sense of what is going on. And one other thing is just education as well. Education is something that we need to invest heavily in Africa or maybe in Nigeria. So I'm really, really passionate about those things. And yeah, I think it's something I really wish to see do very well. So if you were to sum it up, what then do you want people to take away from your from your videos above all? I want any whenever anyone comes in contact with my work, I want them to leave better off than they came. Mm-hmm. And because of that, we're putting all that effort into the videos. So I want them to just get the value that they see, that they were looking for when they come in contact with the work, when they watch the video and stay for more of those kinds of videos. Yeah. And also like the quality. I think something that like it's undisputed is if something is of high quality, it's very hard for you to not want to go back unless it was just like plain and interesting to you. But I think the quality is also something because we always have that bad habit of comparing ourselves to Western counterparts and stuff. So it's always great to see that we are also able to do stuff at at a high level, not just to to 
compare to other people or to you know to go against any western no let's just actually produce high quality things because we deserve to consume high quality things and we deserve to have that represent us you know so kudos to you for that that's one of the reasons why i also started the channel i i just i wasn't really seeing that here Mm -hmm. and i wanted to bring that quality i i didn't mind the investments the initial investment of gear Mm-hmm. And, you know, the tripod, the camera, the lights. I didn't mind that initial investment because I knew that once I started, the quality would be significantly better. Yes. In fact, the first phone I reviewed was from Techno. They reached out and they were like, are you in Nigeria? It kind of felt sad to that. They did not expect this kind of quality to come from the continent. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like in a way, it was like, you know what? This is the moment. And it became from one brand to three brands to 70 now plus or 87 at this point. And now more than 450,000 subscribers as well. Oh, you are great though. You are really blue. <laughs> Thank you. He has blown. I'm telling you, you know, we are all like aspiring to to get to a certain stage, you know. But I love that your focus is not on. Okay, that would be like a bad pun if I said you're not focused on the numbers because the whole point is for you to do, collect data through the stuff that you're doing. But um. <laughs> You're not focused on the numbers in that you're focused on everything that I put out should be high quality. Everything that I put out should be beneficial and everything that I put out should have a lasting value and impact on everybody that comes across it. So that's definitely great because that should be what we're all focusing on. It's not just for the sake of or just for me to enrich myself or whatever. Those are perks and benefits and rewards that come with putting in the hard work, learning, you know, because you've obviously invested a lot in yourself in order to give as much value to the people that are consuming your content. So Yes, you do deserve to reap certain rewards, but it's great that your vision is fixated on the right thing, fixated on the greater good. Yeah. Now, talking about these technological devices and products or services that you review, what is your favorite and least favorite technological development, service, or product? Obviously, now you you, you like a brand ambassador, so it's going to be hard. But if you can try and not and not like break your NDAs or you know ruin your relationships or whatever, no, I'm joking. But if you can just mention like sort of a service or a type of technological develop, for example, I love cloud computing with everything inside of me because it just makes life a lot easier so that sort of thing i think i would go more generic on this answer and i would say smartphones okay because i've i've used over 100 smartphones now mm-hmm. and you know from what i've experienced i've seen significant improvements and there's just so much there's so much capability there's so much that a smartphone can do and because of that people can have jobs because mm-hmm. of this handheld device you know we can do a lot with this handheld device and it's a huge how i don't know how to put this it's a, it's a thing that brings the world closer to mm-hmm. everyone makes the world a, a more global economy i mean global village i think that's the terminology that's used and you can get jobs you can work on freelance projects or from the palm of your hands i think another thing i would say i really like is the camera yeah stories are being told brands like sony for instance they are shifting some of their technologies from just high-end filmmakers to independent creators Mm -hmm. they are considering people that make videos in the portrait mode making their cameras adjust to that angle their tripods to adjust to maybe portrait photography or portrait videography things like that. So I think there's a shift now, but I'm really grateful for those pieces of tech. Um, in terms of my least favorite, I don't know. That's the thing. I, I As a reviewer, I always try to watch countless reviews before I buy anything, before I commit to anything. I've not really encountered any terribly bad piece of tech. 
Mm-hmm. I haven't. Although they are, they, are, they are bad pieces of tech, but I don't think I, I have experienced them. I think that's another cool thing that I've learned from watching tech reviews from yours, Mr. Who's the Boss, and uh, okay, now I can't remember, but mainly from, yeah, from the two of you, is that with tech, there isn't just a bad piece of tech. You can't just say this is a horrible phone and leave it at that. It will have horrible features, maybe, but it will also have positive features, which you must take into account before you completely disregard it. And even then, you can't disregard it because it's going to be great for certain use cases and not so great for others. So it's a great way to think about like life in general. You can't just disregard something because of its weaknesses because those strengths could be useful to you in some way. Yeah. And, you know, there are different phones with different price ranges, with different... People have different preferences, too. Mm -hmm. So all of those factors, they they play a role in purchase decisions. Even reviews, biases as well. Yes. There are reviewers that like iPhones more than Android devices. There are reviewers that like Android devices and do not like anything about iPhones. So Mm -hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Now, as we're getting to the end of this episode which is obviously my least favorite part of every episode i want to take us back to that question of success or that definition of success you have mentioned in a couple of videos like i said at the beginning that you haven't reached that level of success that you aspire to or you know what you would say is success so what is that definition for you i think i might consider myself successful when i can successfully (laughs) separate my time from the efforts I would have to take in order to maybe be well off mm-hmm. and have like the financial base that I want. Mm-hmm. If I have like freedom in terms of time, I think I might consider myself successful. But I, right now, I don't think I have, I still feel like I have to commit so much time to working and doing a lot of things. And I love it. I totally enjoy it. Yeah. However, if I, if I can sort of divorce that time from the effort, I feel like I would consider myself as as reaching that level of success that I want. Okay. I see that makes that makes sense. Cause when I was thinking about like I watched the this is how you can make nine hundred dollars, this is how you can make a hundred dollars a day videos. I was just like, okay, putting everything in perspective. Okay, if I want to be financially free, okay, I have to have seven streams of income. But most of these have to be passive because if I have to use all of the time in my day, I won't have any time in my day anymore. And that's not realistic. So that I can definitely agree with because that's how you'll know that I'm actually making money when you don't have to actively make the money to be making the money. For example, yeah. for example. Yeah. A lot of that would come from like your investments, maybe purchasing the right assets or investing in the right sources and, and all of that. If you can have a, a lot of that conglomerate maybe of investments, mm-hmm. I feel like it will be a huge step to achieving but but then again success is different for different people that's true. different things for different people so but for me i feel like it has to do with like the investments and the freedom of time mm-hmm. now a random question it wasn't actually part of the questions that i like sent to you but if you weren't doing this if you weren't in the tech space what would you actually be doing i actually wanted to be a rapper or a dj okay I actually started taking courses on production and I made some, I made like two songs. But yeah, like I can also rap. I know what a good song should feel like. Wow. I feel like in the, eventually I might become a, a DJ at some point. Okay. Maybe if I have like a hundred million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I, I no, might. Sure. I'm curious, what was your rap name? No, nah, I think it was just my name. Okay. Okay. Just beside Although I was in a, I was in a group in school called the Candy Boys. 
we were four of us, myself, Olamide, Marcos, and Kola. Kola is now a musician, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marcos, I haven't heard from him in a while, but Marcos was the best rapper in the group. Olamide was more of a lyricist, and then I was also a rapper. So we went on stage, we performed our own original song in school. Okay. Um, and then I also performed my own solo, which was kind of a... I, I rapped on the beat of M.I.'s song. Yeah. It was a, a naughty also. I rapped it in front of... I, I think there were about 300 people. Or, wow. I don't, I don't know how many. Just the whole the whole senior secondary. Is it senior secondary? The whole senior secondary or junior secondary. I don't remember. Multi-talented. Yeah, <laughs> I did rap in front of the whole school then, and it was very interesting to see. No, I think my street know. grade. Your street grade? Yes. Went <laughs> <laughs> up the next day. I, I was there was a lot of talks about me, which was kind of strange, but I I, I expected it. that was like my first ever public speaking um, engagement. Yeah. No, fantastic. I think it's always like the paradox or the contrast between what people are and what they would like to be or what, you know, it's just always funny to see. But we can see that you're definitely multifaceted and multi-talented. And it's been such a pleasure speaking to you. And so I just want to ask you one more question in closing. And that is, you know, looking back at how far you've come, what would your advice be to your fellow young people? Because I know young people are just like running up and down, trying to make it, in inverted commas, trying to secure the bag, whatever the case may be. What would you say to them? You know, what advice would you give them? And what would you hope to achieve in the next 10 years? Mm, Well, I feel like in the next 10 years, I don't know where I'll be. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Doing, but I would like to be in the crosshairs of education and delivering value mm-hmm. to a large number of people and just making it as fun and enjoyable as possible. In terms of maybe an advice for young people, I would say that people shouldn't focus on just the money whenever they're going into a field. Come into a field with a blank slate in your mind and always be open to learning. Mm-hmm. Don't come in with preconceived assumptions or things that you feel like you already know. You want to op- approach every new opportunity as if you are just experiencing it for the first time. And that's how children are. Children really learn a lot. They absorb a lot because they are not, they are willing to fail. Mm-hmm. They are open to learning. They don't know anything and they know that they don't know. So when you're a child, you would remember almost everything, every song, every movie, word for word even. I know that I can recite movies from my head mm-hmm. from when I was out but I just don't have that time now but yeah like come into every setting with like a blank slate be willing to learn don't think about money first but obviously think about money because mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the last thing you want to be is creative and broke but yes. you you want to approach the opportunity based on the value you can give and how you can help somebody that that way because the definition of money is a store of value a means of exchange of value mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if i give value i will get paid for it it's only then that i can think of okay this is how i'm going to get paid because for the first six months of my youtube channel i did not really make anything and i i, I would have given up but in my head i was like no nah, i want to do this this is what i want to do. yeah I think it was the first nine months, I think. It took six months to get monetized. And now you can easily get monetized. You just mm. need to meet certain criteria. Back then, you, there was no criteria. If they like you, they will try you. Sure. 
<laughs> but now it's it's more it's more democratic. Now, so you earned it. You definitely earned it, and you can see why. So that's uh my my advice. Thank you. Thank you very much for giving me your time. Thanks I was just thinking so like all the things that you could be doing in this time. But here you are sharing your wisdom and your knowledge and your experience with your fellow young people and whoever who just wants to hear, man, what, what it takes to be Fisaya Foshido. I'm actually still curious if I'm if I'm pronouncing it correctly, because my little knowledge of Yoruba is that if okay, the explanation won't make sense. So is it so the same way you spell Shola as in S-O-L-A, your surname, is it Foshudo or is it Fosudo? It's Sue, Sue, for Sudo. Sue, okay, okay, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that has been Pisayo for Sudo. It has been such a pleasure just picking your brain, making you laugh, because you seem like a very chilled, like, quiet guy. So there were times where I was like, ah, Omo, am I not funny? Is it? <laughs> is it I'm not trying hard enough? <laughs> but thank you once again. Thank you to everyone that's been listening to the podcast. It's been an amazing journey. It's been a couple of years down the line and we're going strong. Uh, thank you so much to everybody that supports and makes an effort to just let me know that you are loving everything that you are getting from the podcast. If you have any suggestions of people that you'd love to hear me converse with, engage with, people that you'd love to hear share on the podcast, that would be great. Hit us up on Instagram, SakinaSpeaks underscore S-A-K-I-N-A S-P-E-A-K-S underscore. And of course, go on and subscribe to Fasayo's channel. His name is Fasayo Fosudo. Like I said, F-I-S-A-Y-O-F-O-S-U-D-O on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, the likes. Go and flood him with all of your love, your support, and go and learn something. You know, Finance Fridays, the leaderboard where he speaks to CEOs, people that have done great things, you know, at very unique ages, very young people in some cases, off of everything and anything, you know, TikTok, whether it be fintech, unicorns, the likes. So go on, engage, tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a family member. Let's make Sakina Speaks a household name. Without further ado, have a lovely day further and continue to keep the conversation going. It has been your girl, Sakina Ishabani. Sakina has spoken. Mm-hmm.